Hey all, and welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered, a little bit of production. We're so glad you're back. I'm Sarah. And I'm Molly. And we're both your hosts and the co-founders of Little Bit Of, the Inclusive Lifestyle Collective. On this podcast, we take an unfiltered look into what happiness and success means for entrepreneurs, influencers, and changemakers, including ourselves. No Photoshop, Facetune, or filters here. Welcome back to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Happy Monday or happy day. Happy day that this comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, welcome back to the sort of debrief from the blind date episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered. If you don't know what we're talking about, scroll up real quick and take a listen to the blind date episode. Um, yeah, you're definitely going to want to start there. Don't listen to this yes. one and then that one, you just, you give it away. No spoilers. Come on. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, so we're just going to do a little quick catch up um, and an unfiltered look at uh, reactions to the blind date episode. Um, but first, I wanted to see if we wanted to do a couple quick life updates. We have Molly and we're also joined by Lizzie. Brooke is currently at Derby Day and hanging out with her family. Um, so she um, is not with us today. I'm so jealous but, though. <laughs> yeah, but we're so excited that Lizzie's back with us because yes. um, you were an integral part of the blind date episode. Um, Lizzie should I was be here every saying, week. She should petition to make Lizzie a guest host. host. (laughs) Just a host. But I was explaining to someone, someone asked how it went the other day. And I was like, forgetting these guys off Tinder. Like, I am shocked. Like, those were two incredible guys. And I know that they're both definitely listening to this episode and that's not impacting what I'm saying. Um, But... It was a lot of fun and it felt like we were all like, I don't know, they both passed the test of meeting the three of you and being really chill with all of you. I don't know. I mean, I uh, told you that dating apps can work. I told you. <laughs> I'm okay. We have talked about this and how I'm like, I'm a skeptic of it, yeah. but like, I've been a huge skeptic of Tinder. Like I just, I really did not think like quality guys were on Tinder. Uh, I will say, yeah, I guess I felt the same. I'm mm-hmm. like pro Bumble all the way. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess they're it's just about getting through them all. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. finding that one in probably a million because most of the people on Tinder seem to be looking for one thing and one thing only. But when you really get into it and you start talking to people, and of course, our form, uh, we were able to find two really awesome guys. Yes. And we did, we can just jump right into it and then do life updates after because I, so you're probably on this episode because we did say that we were going to do two parts and um, for a number of reasons, we decided not to um, and we capped it off at those two. I talked to both Lizzie and Molly yesterday about this. Like I've, like if we're being completely unfiltered, that was very overwhelming for me. Like I, it was incredibly empowering and the guys were great. And like, I'm still chatting with them and things are going really well, but I don't do well with like having to be responsible for other people's emotions. And now that it's, there's three people that I am managing emotions for aside from myself. And like, that is just a lot. And I think I'm very indecisive. So it's hard for me to like narrow it down and be talking to more than one person at the same time, especially when some people have indicated that I'm the only one that they're talking to. That makes me feel really guilty, which is not a good emotion for this. Right. And, you know, we went into it just kind of hoping to have fun, you know, do something different, but we almost did too well finding these guys because they turned out to be so awesome and such a good match for Sarah like as individuals like they're different but they're awesome and very on Sarah's level so it turned into something much more real than we had expected um 
So of course, like I'm not <laughs> in these relationships dealing with all these emotions, but I'm seeing, you know, just how impactful it has been, which is kind of scary, kind of yeah. scary knowing that this is what it turned into. Yeah. I think that was part of it because like, like I said on the last episode, I like two weeks ago, a week ago, like I was saying, I don't want to date right now. Like I'm not interested in dating and I still kind of hold that. Like I had, <laughs> had a therapy session this week and I was talking about it and I was like, I don't want to date. And I'm, a, I'm aggressively independent to the point that like, I would rather spend time with myself than anybody else. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing. But it, it does make it really complicated where I prefer to spend time with myself. And now I'm trying to manage three different relationships. And um, I don't know how like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette do it. Like they have like how many people, like 20 people. Like I can barely keep three people straight. And remember when you wanted to be on that, on <laughs> yes. that show? And I said, don't do it. I now yeah, I was definitely yeah. right in saying that because, you know, this yeah. is really hard and you are going to have to make a decision at some point because, of course, you don't want to lead anyone on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all awesome people. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. But of course, we're here. We're here to help you figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think that's coming up soon. It's coming up really soon. Yeah, and making a choice. Yeah, the hardest part of it is for so many reasons, this was like, terrible timing because like work is really kicking up into high gear and like okay like life update like I just got promoted last week to a full-time position like salaried like I got health insurance like we're chilling which is awesome but it is so much more responsibility so I cannot text people during the day some days and that's not really productive um, for trying to like build relationships and I'm about to like quarantine and go out of town for Mother's Day and stuff like that and so I can't see these guys in person and I've talked about this before like I'm a huge like in person if the spark is there like that's a big thing for me and so not having that element with a couple of these guys is very difficult and it's hard not to compare to maybe the person that I've seen in person and been able to establish that connection with and it's like, it's good because these guys are great. And it's been a great confidence boost. Like I have been riding high, like disclaimer, like I've had like three mental breakdowns this week, but like overall we're doing well. (laughs) And I don't know. It's just, it'll be interesting. We'll keep you guys updated. We have one more episode in this um, season. So our season two premiere, I'll give everybody an update because by then I'll have um, some information. Maybe. We hope. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just I'll... a waiting game at this point. You know, when you can see these other people in person, really get a feel for, you know, how compatible you might be or might not be. So Yeah, that is very true. And like you have, there is like so much of a relationship that has to do with like physical I feel not attraction, but like compatibility, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you hug them, is it like the best hug ever? Or is it awkward? You know, like it probably will be awkward at first, but there is like something about people that go well together in terms of like, just like who they are, you know? Uh Yeah. It's about how you interact. Yeah. How you interact with space together, you know, how you fill that space together. If it just doesn't feel right if it does feel right yeah so until you until you have that experience it's really impossible to know um what it's going to be like you can guess you can make assumptions but you might be surprised you might be yeah. disappointed who knows like i said it's the waiting game and it can be really like as simple as like when you're holding their hand like their hand is too big for you to hold their hand so it's uncomfortable like as little mm-hmm. something as little as that can change a relationship um so like you never like really know even like you know I don't know uh-huh. like I feel like it can really take like some time to get to know someone but like going with your gut on who you're most interested in I feel like is like the most important thing because obviously nobody wants to be anyone's second choice and it's like not fair uh-huh to do that to somebody, but also like so many young women do date around and do get to know people. And like, that is fine too. And you shouldn't hold yourself accountable for other people's emotions because one, they know what they're in 
desperate. <laughs> like they, uh-huh. they know what they signed up for. And two, like, it's not like you're being, you're lying. Like they know, you know? Yeah. And I mentioned this person on the previous podcast, but it's like, there's someone who didn't sign up for the blind date episode that I've been talking to and like having to be transparent about this really weird thing that I'm doing on the side is like very odd, but, um, it's like an exercise in communication and honesty because you're learning so much about how to juggle different things, different people, and also how to communicate and be honest with how you're feeling because I know that's difficult. It's difficult for everyone to be honest and communicate. Sometimes we all want to bottle stuff up. So just having this, I guess, practice and doing that should help in the long run, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also he might not have like signed up for this, but also you're still like an independent young woman. Like you can mm-hmm. talk to other guys if you want. Like mm-hmm. he didn't ask you to be exclusive. He never said anything about that. Like maybe yeah. things have changed now, but like, no, he nothing. Nothing's happened on that front. Okay. Like I brought it up, but he was just like, okay. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> like, if you're cool with it. I mean, then that's good. Like, if he's, like, being confident about it, too, and just kind of taking it day by day, like, we're young. Like, that's what people do, you know? Like, I just remember, like, I have a friend who, after she got out of a long relationship, she was just like, I just want to, like, date around. Like, I want to go on a date with a guy and just, like, chat with him. And then I want to go on a date with a different guy and just chat with him. I want to be, like, that single girl obviously not hurting anyone's feelings, but like getting to know what different people are out there and like seeing what I want. Cause if like one guy does this one thing that I love and then the one guy does this other thing that I love, like hopefully my person one day is going to do both. That's really wise. And we're in our like twenties and young, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I keep going back and forth on that because like I, I, it's so uncomfortable for me, but in a good way that it's like, I can do this and like, this is normal. And I shouldn't be like judging myself or how, oh God, judging myself for how I operate because like, I haven't, it's like, I, um, I I don't know if I said this on last week's podcast, but I was talking to my mom about like how one of them reached out to me. And I was like, this isn't really how I operate. Like, this isn't how I like meet guys. This isn't how I talk to guys. This just isn't how I operate. And she's like, Sarah, you don't operate. Like, you don't, you don't do anything. And so I've really gone from like zero to a hundred, which is really uncomfortable, but it's making me realize how like, it's not a bad thing. Like things that maybe I wouldn't have been comfortable with before are totally Uh fine. Yeah, I think just because something is new and different does not make it bad at all. And maybe even an improvement from how things have gone in the past. (laughs) So I'm really happy that this person reached out to you and you were confident enough to respond and take that leap because in the past, maybe you would not have done it. So new and different and exciting and you're getting experiences that you haven't had before. So also, I think like with the pandemic, like everything seems like overwhelming, like anything to do with social interactions. Like mm-hmm. even for me, like I'm going on a hike with some of my friends that I haven't seen in like a year today. And I'm kind of like, are mm-hmm. we still going to get along? Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, do I know how to like still talk to people about like things <laughs> yeah. like going on? Do I even have anything to talk about? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. And it's like, because everybody's changed so much in quarantine. You're like, is this going to be the same person? Like I have a friend coming over tonight and it's like, I like, I, I know that it'll be fine, but it's also still like, we haven't seen each other in forever. And I know like how much you've changed and I know how much I've changed. Like it's, it's odd. I don't know. But also speaking of the pandemic, I think DC just allowed like did what Florida just did with regards to like not needing to wear masks like indoors and stuff like that and I am so like terrified (laughs) I'm like I'm gonna wear my mask for the next year I'm about to go buy like 10 more like I'm just gonna hunker down because I'm not ready for that yet I mean realistically I don't think people in DC are gonna take it the way people in Florida have because Mm -hmm. as we know Florida is something else um so I would expect people in DC to still be wearing masks and I know I know I will wherever I go so I like 
I think I sent you this, Lizzie, or something this week that it's like, I feel like everybody's in this really great zone right now. Like a couple of weeks ago, like Molly got full time at like Statusphere and like things are really moving in good directions for you and Brooke. And like, I just got promoted and like all of this stuff, like it is just, there are good vibes out there and I'm just like feeling it right now. Um I realized like we hadn't talked about this, but I'm about to go do it this afternoon. Um, but for those who don't know, like last year, like I'm class of 2020. And so I was the first COVID graduation and I spoke at her campus's graduation last year and they reached out again and they want like all of like, they want 2020 graduates to do a really short video for 2021 graduates. And so that's really exciting. So I'll be coming to a live stream near you shortly. That was really, uh, I was Molly. I was just telling Lizzie that I've been like, I'm hopped up on coffee this morning. I'm feeling <laughs> good vibes today. Um, recently I've been tra- wanting to try coffee. I don't know if this is related at all, but honestly only because, um, people make cute coffees on TikTok. And then I see the mm-hmm. video with like their like glass straws, like putting them in their cute cups. And I'm like, wow, I want that. But I hate coffee. <laughs> you could do decaf. Do you not like I the taste? I hate the taste of you- coffee. Oh. I'm Lizzie Molly. I do not like the taste of coffee. I wish I could go to all these cute coffee shops and try all the different coffees, but I just do not like the taste of coffee at all. It is just so gross to me. I've tried. I've tried to like it, but alas. What is, is. I probably put far too much sugar in mine. Yeah. I, I was joking with my coworkers because we had a huge presentation last Tuesday. Like it was really, really important. So like none of us have slept for the past couple of weeks. And that's like what I recently got. They call it superstar. It's like employee of the month. Like two of us got employee of the month for it. But all of us were drinking so much coffee. And at the end of that day, like in the next day, we were doing like a debrief. And I think my like heart palpitations or like whatever the heart thing I had like came back because I wasn't sleeping. I was drinking like three or four cups of coffee a day. And like, I was just super stressed out. (laughs) I was like, this is good. (laughs) I need to take a break from coffee. But I won't. I don't know why I did ASMR there for a second. (laughs) I apologize. Um, anything else going on in people's lives? I know I'm trying to adopt a dog, but that's happened, been happening for like months. So maybe soon now that you have this new job and everything, I feel like Mm -hmm. it, like maybe like give it like a month to get like used to it and like into more of like a routine, you know? And like, I know since it's like more responsibility, you know, like, and then get a dog. (laughs) It's hard because I found the exact dog. Like I've been making a new vision board and I've been putting it off. So it's going to be like my year 23 um, vision board for my birthday. Oh, I you said 23 and I was like, from- wait, it's 2021. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not 2023, please. <laughs> my God, please no. Um, but like I got this stock image of this cute puppy off of Pinterest and I was on a local shelter website and I saw the exact same type of dog. Like they look like twins and that's just like a sign to me that like, I'm going to send the application in today. Um, and we'll see. What kind of dog is it? Um, it's probably like a Pomeranian mix. Mm Um, I'll like send you a picture but it's like really cute it's like a cute little puffy like tan little puff ball mm-hmm. with like cute little floppy ears it's like a pomeranian but with like floppy ears like ears or wait i think call ears yeah yeah that, yeah yeah it's like a weird it looks like a weird mix of a couple different dogs but so cute and so i'm putting in my application today um but yeah yeah i mean so, i would definitely apply i feel like as soon as possible because I feel like mm-hmm. cute, like little dog. Like if you can find a picture of a dog on Pinterest and then they're in a shelter, they get scooped up so fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, gotta go quick. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a time. And if anything, yeah. like even if this dog already does have a loving home, like having your application in with the shelter and having them like approve you in the future, mm-hmm. if you, like, there is a dog that you see that is like so oh, someone you're interested in, someone a dog mm-hmm. you're interested in I don't know <laughs> so, um then like I feel like it's easier to adopt but also I've never adopted a dog so like I don't know <laughs> this is just purely yeah. based off what I think 
<laughs> yeah, I put a couple other dogs that I'm interested in on the application, but it's a nonprofit. It's not really a shelter. So they process one application at a yeah. time. So there's an application in for this dog, but they've been processing it for a while. So I'm going to um, slat on in. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's been any other big life updates for anybody. Um, um, no, I don't I feel know. like I have nothing. Nothing has changed in like the past couple weeks for me. But you're really close to moving to Texas. I'm really close to moving, thankfully. I can't oh, That is so exciting. Wait, where are you moving in Texas again? I'm moving to Dallas. Um, okay. I cannot wait to visit. I saw a TikTok of someone from, I think, Austin that like made a joke about how like I don't know. It was funny. Like someone was like, I don't know. It was like during an interview and someone was like, oh, like how's Texas? And they were like, oh, I'm not from Texas. I'm from Austin. Like making a joke that it's like different. Like every. <laughs> and I was like, that's, Texas that's funny. Has so many different demographics. Like it's so, it's so huge yeah. that it's like, there's no way to generalize. It's like generalizing California. Like it's just such a big state. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so excited for you, Lizzie. I can't wait. I want you to run into Danny Austin and like all oh my gosh honestly if I do I will cry happy tears I really will yeah Kayla Quinn also just moved or is in the process of moving to Texas I recently followed her actually another influencer Daryl M. Denner I follow her she's moving to Dallas as well yes everyone's yeah. moving there I'm like it's, so it's the place to be I think it's the place to like start raising your kids now People don't want to go to Florida anymore. Yeah. California. Yeah, Los Angeles. All the people from Los Angeles are moving to either Nashville or Texas. Yeah, I actually know someone I was talking to yesterday who is moving from LA to Houston. Yeah. Just talked to them yesterday. Yeah. Damn. Oh my God. I think because like Los Angeles is so just like you can't like raise kids there. Yeah, it's crowded too. It's kind of like New York City. It's really hard. Like it's doable and like props to people that do it, but it's it's really really hard. Expensive, polluted, all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like there's like a few cities like that because like thinking about it, like a lot of people that are like on YouTube or are like actors and actresses that like live in Los Angeles, they're kind of like a lot of them older and like not settling down. You know what I mean? Starting families, mm-hmm. which is totally like up to whatever's right for you. But I feel like in Los Angeles, like so many people there that are like thriving are like mm-hmm. 32, 33. And they like have, aren't, aren't in relationships, like aren't planning to get married or have kids, which is just interesting. Whereas like in like small towns, I don't know. And like, I can't think of a small town right now off the top of my head, <laughs> but they like get <laughs> married faster than like if you live in a oh. city. Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of people like that and how, like, everybody from where we're growing up, like, is already, like, pregnant with kids on their second kid. Like, it's, it's, it's wild. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be single for a while. Hey, all, it's Sarah, and I'm so excited to talk to you a little bit about Anchor, which is the free platform that Molly and I use to create a little bit unfiltered. And we love using Anchor because we're novices at this, and Anchor gives you creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it also distributes your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple, and many other places with just one touch of a button, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested in making your own podcast, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I know we also wanted to talk about some other stuff that we haven't been able to address lately. Um, Like our last podcast was very fun and things like that, but it also is right on the heels of a lot um, social justice wise and relating to like Black Lives Matter and police brutality. And um, I don't know if you want to touch on that, Molly. Yeah. You want to start that? Um, So, yeah. So, Sarah and I talked a little bit about how um, we wanted to look once a month on the little bit of collective account on Instagram to sort of a check-in on how people are doing with being anti-racist and 
other things going on and just like what everyone has been up to, I guess, and like their thoughts and sort of a check-in for ourselves and a check-in for our community to keep going and not become Mm -hmm. complacent. Um, We're filming this on May 1st, so we didn't do it yesterday because I was having a mental breakdown, (laughs) to put it lightly. Um, But yeah, I don't, yeah, what are your thoughts? I, because we talked about this a little bit, because I think, like, I think we're both empaths, and so we feel things very deeply, but there is an element to activism specifically activism and allyship with people who don't look like us that we will never be able to understand and like we should never try to understand and I think we have a grasp of that but it's still this issue is enormous and I think I've talked to both of you separately like I've been working on something at work like we have a DEI practice like a diversity equity and inclusion practice and so um, like it's common, like when things like the Chauvin trial verdict came down, like for clients to make statements and things like that. And I was talking to my dad about it and the Chauvin verdict happened the same time, the same day as, um, the shooting of Makia Bryant. And, um, I like, that was like, it, it just, it never stops. And that's kind of the point that it's like, there's never like, these are wins. It's just like the verdict um, in the Chauvin trial was like people doing their job and it was accountability. And um, I think so many people are trying, like us included are trying to say the perfect thing. And we're in, we're a collective about inclusivity. So we want to be at the forefront of a lot of these issues, but there's some element of this that we can't reach. And we're also still individuals that are like processing through this. So it's, it it is really like, I, like I totally understood where you were coming from yesterday, that it's like that element of frustration that it's like, there's some of this stuff that is out of our hands. There's so much that we can do. And that's not to say to stop trying, like when you're discouraged to stop trying, but it's frustrating when there's elements of this that are completely out of our hands, when it goes to the legal system. And until we can get people to appoint judges that have a better view of the justice system and are more geared towards restorative justice and things like that, there's an element of that that takes time. And I think that part of it, where we're waiting for that change, or we're waiting for our actions to take change that isn't gonna happen for a couple more years at least, that's a really hard part of it that it's like that is completely out of our hands and we can't do anything about that yeah like I saw so many tweets about the Chauvin trial that it's like we're waiting we know the right answer like we know what justice or accountability would look like but the fact that we aren't sure if that's going to happen speaks volumes about our justice system yeah like nobody should be sitting at home on the edge of their seats wondering what nobody should have been on their edge of their seats wondering what was going to happen we should have our tv should have been off we should have been at work we should have all known what the answer was going to be and it shouldn't have been a big deal like there shouldn't be anything to celebrate because it's simply people doing their jobs and what the legal system is supposed to look like and it just doesn't feel like posting one thing on Instagram is going to make a difference. And that is so hard to like comprehend mm-hmm. and like sit with. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that might have made no sense, but this has just no, been it, me it, for it, the past like day. <laughs> no, it, it, it makes complete sense. And I think it's hard because I'm sure I feel like we had this conversation a while back, even if it wasn't on the podcast, but like the Ella the element of like online activism Mm -hmm. and like even when (laughs) I was just talking to a colleague about this but like even when you have the best of intentions it either a like doesn't have the same effect as like going out and doing something or like b like can completely miss the mark because there's only so much you can do online but I think it's really important to continue the conversation and continue to have that accountability. And I think it's important to us to like be an outlet for people to feel heard and seen and 
feel like they have a community, even though like we aren't a big community, but I think that makes it even better that like this, this is never going to stop being important and this is never going to stop being a priority and it shouldn't. Um, I don't know. I think I'm with you. Like this past week has been overwhelming in so many different ways. Like for me, like I, something else that got me was the second wave of COVID in India Yeah, and how they, that like India is like a leader in like manufacturing vaccines, but they've all been coming to us and they've all been going to other countries. And this idea like that, granted we've had so many cases and we've had such a crisis so it makes sense that we get a lot of the vaccines but the fact that like so many communities specifically non-white communities or like black and brown communities are at a disadvantage in addressing covid was something that really hit me this week and i think it's I don't know. I haven't had a, a second to like stop and like reallocate my resources, but I think that's something that I need to do because I don't feel centered in my activism right now. Like I feel like I'm pulling myself in so many different directions. So then I'm not helping anybody when I'm centering myself in that, if that makes sense. Like if I'm so focused on, I'm so out of control, I feel like I can't do anything. Those are all I statements. And I feel like I need to shift that also a nice statement but you know like I feel like right now at least personally like I think I'm a little I'm centering myself a little too much in my activism and like I need to move away from that right but that's yeah yeah. it's it's important to remember that the way we feel the things we're thinking are just a fraction of the experiences of people of color every day of their lives so while we may have a day where we feel terrible and Mm -hmm. confused and frightened that's nothing compared to how so many people feel every single day, knowing that just walking down the street, they don't know what's gonna happen. Sure, maybe at night we might feel that way as women, but for the most part, we're not worried about the color of our skin causing or like leading to our death. Um, Yeah, like calling the police to protect you shouldn't, be your cause of death, you know? And like, we don't have to worry about that to an extent that like, if any of us were to call the police, someone showed up on a scene, like we wouldn't be the target. And I think that's like something that it's just, I was explaining like Makia Bryant to someone and they're like, well, why? And I was like, it would be a very different story if she was white. And that's something that it's like, yeah, I think that's a good point that it's like, we can get overwhelmed, but it's never that it, it's nothing in comparison because like, it's important to validate your own feelings, but also remember that like, there's a much bigger picture that we're a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that is probably like what I feel like I struggle with the most is like when you wrap your hand around how terrible you're feeling. And then you think like mm-hmm. how this is only a fraction of how other people feel that just makes me feel worse and worse <laughs> so it yeah. just like it makes me so frustrated because it's just like the system is supposed to be in place to protect us and to be a service to the people of the country to keep us protected and like they're the ones putting people of color in jeopardy you know what I mean it's like the exact opposite and I think that's because <laughs> like a lot of these systems weren't built to protect black and brown communities. They were built to protect white communities. And so for a large part, like a lot of these systems were built to protect one portion of the population. But then I feel like, like growing up, they just like gypped us into thinking that. I think there's a lot of intentional gaps in our education and yeah. whereas it might not be directly the the choice of a teacher, it's the choice. That's why I was just listening to a podcast that when you go out and vote, voting for president is important, but voting for your school boards, voting for your sheriff is incredibly, incredibly important um, because those are the people that make the decisions on the ground. And that's the upwards effect of activism. And I think 
I think the important thing right now, and I think that was one thing, like it's, it's good to know that like, that you care about systems. Like, I think it's good to know that in your heart, like that's something you care about. But I think especially for us as white women, it's important for us to turn that frustration and overwhelm into action because yeah, I think there are days that we can go through and not constantly be thinking about ourselves and our families being in danger because of the color of their skin, because that's something that's like, we've never had to consider. And I think it's important to take those times where maybe like we aren't down, like it's okay to like take a beat, recenter and then get back out there. But I think that getting back out there and affirming the experiences of people who are facing these challenges and facing the systemic injustice is incredibly important because I, as we were talking, I was thinking it might just be useful for us when we do our check-ins to just ask, like just to ask about the resources because like our perspectives and like our feelings are obviously important, but I think it might help to center the experiences of our followers, like from like any background, like what are you learning? And then engage in a dialogue from there because I think that was something that like was a big part of the discussion, like figuring out like when to put yourself into the narrative. And I think for people who look like us, that's like very minimal, like how much we should be in the narrative ourselves. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like engaging as individuals with the platform, if that makes sense. I don't know. It just like popped into my head because I was like, it also takes a burden off of you to try to, because I know we're both very similar and like, we want to say the right thing. And like, when we're putting something out on a platform that like we are representatives of, or people know that we're the ones running the platform, like it's important for us to get things right. And I think a big part of it is saying something, even if it's just putting those questions out there and sharing resources among our community and like what books and movies people are reading and watching. I think that does more because that was something that and this is separate like this isn't like what you're doing or what we're doing like I think one of the things that frustrated me and distanced me from a lot of my friends almost a year ago because we're coming up on the year anniversary of George Floyd's murder I think a big thing for me were the people at the time who stayed silent and um yeah because I think like it's better to say something and to try, and this isn't excusing anybody who uses insensitive or offensive language. This is like, if you're putting yourself out there and you're trying, you're attempting to share resources, you're attempting to do the right thing and be an activist and putting yourself out there, that's more important. That does more than like saying nothing. Um, And obviously activism looks different for everyone. Like you don't always have to post about it on social media. You could be having really hard conversations with family, but um, I don't know. I just, I've been working on this with like clients and things like that in the past where it's like, sometimes it works like, and I am guilty of this. Like, sometimes you just need to get out of your own way. Like I get in my own way all the time when it comes to like activism or online things. And sometimes when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, what part of this can be about me or should be about me? And what part of this, like, do I really not need to be a part of? Um, And that's been really helpful. But like, I think yesterday when I was struggling, I was probably more just like in my own way because I was so like emotional about it and frustrated and I shouldn't like let that get in the way of um, like doing what we can. And I think something that helps me a lot is like, I will turn to resources or I'll turn to history. And because I think it helps me make sense of how we've gotten to this point and how we haven't gotten further. And I think a big part of it is realizing it's really, it's really hard, but it's very, very important to like confront the fact that like we've been intentionally like made unaware of so much of these systemic injustices, which is why they've been able to go on for so long. But 
something that's like helped me is like, I mean, I've talked about this a lot. Like I really want to go to law school and like this past week has really affirmed that because like, I want to get involved on the ground and like be involved in like making that systemic change. But I think even if it's something like finding an action, like when you're, when you're feeling really like down or like really in the weeds about like, how is this fair? Finding a way to like turn that into action and being like, when is my next school board election? Like when is the next time that I can empower people to make a change in the places that we want them to make a change? Um, I don't know though. It's like, I, I feel you a lot on that. And like, I think I've, I'm starting to get away from the term imposter syndrome because I've read so much about like how it's just like a structural thing and like it's whatever that's a whole other soapbox to get up on (laughs) but like I've been requested to join like a lot of our DEI clients which is is great professionally and it's great because it's something I'm interested in but it's also realizing that there is so much more that I need to learn from a contextual basis and from a historical basis and things like that um yeah and I think that like that hits the nail on the head a little bit with like I don't know a lot you know what I mean like there's so much that I don't know so it's hard because I'm like what makes me qualified (laughs) to be posting on Instagram about this like what makes me you know and I think that's what's really hard for us trying to sort of have this inclusive community I get that a lot too because like we talked about that a lot when we were starting this and I think to the extent that it's not speaking for people and not in a condescending way but using the privilege that we have in the space we have in our circles to open up that inclusive platform for others and I think intersectionality is a big thing um because that's something like Mm -hmm. even clients in like the DEI space don't grasp like adults don't grasp the fact that like if you're committed to being inclusive you have to be equitable and you have to be intersectional in that because it's important to make sure that like you like it's important to constantly examine your own biases and be like, why am I talking about this issue and not another? And even though I'm uncomfortable with it, or I might not know a lot, like maybe I should go and read it. Like if I see an infographic and I don't totally know about it before I share it, like maybe like I should go Google it and be like, what's going on here? Like what's the history behind this? So if I get a DM asking me about it, I can actually engage in an informative conversation. Um, But some of it is also like spreading that information. Like I know, yeah. like even with um, like the explosion in Lebanon last year, like there was not a lot of awareness of that. And like, even in my circles, like even going to like GW where everybody's tuned into international affairs, like so many people either didn't know about it or weren't talking about it. Um, and for me, like I spent, I didn't really know what was going on and I didn't know which were the right aid groups to donate to. So I spent a while like researching that. And this isn't to like pat myself on the back. It's just like, that's important because I was like, I'm about to share something that I don't know the context behind and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know if it's about qualifications because then you could go down the thing of saying like, you're not qualified, which I think being a student of it and being engaged in it makes you qualified enough to speak on it and like I think I feel like this has turned into like a therapy session for me I I think it's important though too though like I think it's important because if we're being unfiltered this is a lot of the conversations that we have behind the scenes and like it's something that we're still figuring out and I think it's important because I'm sure like some of our listeners like especially the white listeners are struggling with that and making sure that like we aren't centering ourselves in this narrative and stuff like that. And that's something that, um, I, I completely get that. And I think it's, it's important to validate that because I think understanding it and addressing what's going on with yourself and like with your relationship with activism in the world and social justice is the first step into trying to rebuild or build a stronger like activist activist within yourself 
Um, because I think like discrediting your own emotions, I think like you have so many valid emotions and I think it's really important to discuss it. And especially when we're an inclusive collective, like those are conversations we should be having and figuring out how to do it as right as we possibly can in this moment. And I think from what I've heard so much, it's like, that's a big part of it. If you're doing everything as right as you possibly can in this moment, with the level of education you have and the level of compassion that you have, that's really important. But coupling that with knowing that like every day is like a, a step on that journey to like figure out how to continually doing it better, like top your personal best, like each day. Um, I don't know. Glad this, I'm sure everybody's glad they tuned into this blind date recap. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a downer. But I think it's it's realistic. Like that's what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. Like I, I had a huge client thing the day of the Chauvin trial, and like I had a, a bunch of deliverables, but like I stopped for like twenty minutes, and and it makes me think of something you said earlier in this episode that it's like we shouldn't be sitting around. Like we shouldn't have to be like watching the trial. Like we should be able to like know that accountability like people will be held accountable and like someday that this won't happen like we don't we won't I mean that's probably a far ways off but because I feel like so much of this it feels like a reality tv episode you know and yeah that's exactly what it felt like sitting on my couch I was like am I literally sitting here waiting to see who wins the bachelor like what am I doing and it (laughs) I, and like, it wasn't just me, like my whole family, all my friends, like, I'm sure you were watching it. Like, and the media coverage of it too. Like that was one of the first things I saw when the trial started. Like, this is not, should not be called the George Floyd trial. George Floyd is not on trial. Thankfully they, I feel like they stopped that like yeah. pretty quick. I think CNN did that. Cause I was watching CNN for the verdict and it was, there was something about it that just struck me as weird. Like that reality TV at like part of it were like the Chiron, which is like the thing at the bottom with like the text and stuff for our non-journalism listeners. Um, like it, it felt very like sensational and it's like, oh, like, you know how they do like election night and like, oh, this big thing's happening. So we're going to do like a special on it. And I feel like the election is very different. Yeah. Than this. It was weird to me too, how like after like what was being shown on screen was just like his face. Like they were waiting for his reaction, Uh like his reaction. And then like kept cutting to like outside, like people um, having like rallies and stuff like that, which is like, great. They should be doing Mm -hmm. that. But like cutting to them and like asking them like how they're feeling. And there's a part of it where it's like, I'm glad mainstream media was talking about this case, but let's talk about all of the cases like this. Like let's have this coverage for every every victim of police violence like why but without sensationalizing it that's the thing where it's like i i'm glad the media is reporting on it but there's so much more that the media needs to do and like i think as two people who spent four years studying that like that's a frustrating piece like how the media handles activism is very very frustrating and like it has not been right. Like, it's still not right, but it has been very wrong in the past, too. And if you're, if you're proclaiming yourself as a leader in that space and you're like, we're informing Americans about all this stuff, it is a huge responsibility and one they should not take lightly about doing that right. And I don't know. That's a part of it that does get me frustrated, that it's like, I think sometimes that sensationalization of things detracts from the movement and I don't know like for this instance like I felt a lot like not just the media but just like people in general were like oh okay like we won uh-huh. <laughs> because of the outcome they were like okay like it's over like that's a wrap <laughs> like, this is the start we did it like which is just like so far from the uh-huh. truth and it's not like, and that's the thing I've heard a lot about Nancy Pelosi in the past week or two. It's like George Floyd did not sacrifice his life. His life was taken from him and it was taken from him. Yeah. And, and, and I think 
I think some of it does come from ignorance because I think I've talked about this before, like, but I think educating people as much as you can without it being a lived experience, because that also gets into the fact that if this is someone's lived experience, it's not their responsibility to educate. So as much you can, like, if someone says that and they're in a place to learn, educating them about it and being like, I understand that this feels like a win, but here's why it's the first step and here's why it's not necessarily a win. And like, that's like my dad and I were talking, it's like, someone is not alive anymore because of this. Like there is no winning. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like, like I think about it as like, no, like none of us wanted to be sitting on our couch watching that. (laughs) on that day like I would have much rather not like I don't know it's just like you like there's I don't know no I know what you mean yeah it's like on a on a midday afternoon like like midweek afternoon like I think everybody who's involved in this movement and who's on the right side of this movement would have much rather like still been working or gone to pick their kids up from school and lived in a world where George Floyd was picking up his daughter or like hanging out with his daughter. You know, it's just, I think that was a big piece of it. And yeah, I think, and this is something, I think this is also all to say that like, we're having this conversation, like it's, it's uncomfortable, but I think we started this collective when we started this podcast as a way for us to grow and hold ourselves accountable to a lot of these issues and when needed, like course correct. Um, I don't know. I think this is like, let us know what you think about this. Like (laughs) we don't need to know about the blind date stuff, like in comparison, like that's very (laughs) small, but I think, I think at least personally, like I, I'm really looking forward to, like I was going over guest lists. Like I want to get back to like tough conversations and talking with people and, really getting down to the nitty gritty and their ongoing journeys, whether personal, professional or activism related and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree so much. It's very easy to like get wrapped up like our own lives. You know what I yeah. mean? And like our own emotions and obviously you have a lot going on. <laughs> with your life right now um and it's just like very easy to get I don't know distracted yeah. we really built this for you know yeah and I think especially like for from a professional stance like I think both of us have been grinding really hard like trying to get promoted and trying to like prove ourselves at work and stuff like that and I think it's easy to go through the motions and so much of the rest of your life when you're really focused on one thing. And I don't know, it's like, even like myself, like I've been putting off journaling for weeks, even as on something as small as like the blind date stuff, like, because there's such big emotions, but I think that's important because then you get to really sort of like compartmentalize, like, this is what's happening in my professional life. This is my personal life. And this is where like the business needs to go. And this is getting back to the basics of like why we started this. Um, Life is hard, man. (laughs) It's tough. Sorry for this tough one, guys. But thanks for sticking with us. Definitely probably was not what you thought of. We're going to put it in the bio. It's like um, what the episode's about. But um I think it's important and if anything like if you take anything away from this episode it's like continue to have those conversations continue to push yourself because especially if you're a white person you're challenging like a lot of your belief or like a lot of like what you've been taught and what you've grown up with and it's important and it very much needs to happen but it's but talk to other people about it because everybody's at different stages of their journey. And I think the more you talk about it, the more that people can learn from each other and realize there's, oh, hey, look, there's another thing that we need to dismantle about things that we've learned and grown up with, you know? And I think um, I think that's really important too. Um, because especially when it, 
and also show up for yourself like emotionally you know and like be there for yourself and if you're having a tough day where you just feel like everything sucks like that's okay and like let yourself sort of like sit in that and try and put that like in perspective you know but it's like okay be compassionate with yourself because there's certain things like certain timelines like you got to pick yourself up at some point um but it's important to recharge and be in tune with yourself because if you're working on your own emotional intelligence you'll be able to show up for yourself and for other people in much more significant and powerful ways so that was (laughs) that was a doozy we actually planned this to be kind of shorter but um yeah but it's an important conversation to have and i'm glad that we didn't skim over it um so we'll keep you updated as we go forward on our journeys and we'll be really transparent about that um but yeah i gotta go um clean my apartment and get some champagne ready because i bought myself champagne and i gotta go buy myself some flowers for my promotion and um but I've been seeing more and more people buy themselves I flowers. I love that so much. It's a good thing now. I like want to do it, but then I'm like, I know I'm going to waste all my money on buying myself but flowers. That's like, it's okay to waste. It's not even wasting your money when you're treating yourself. Like I almost ordered myself, like ordered flowers for myself, like a bouquet, like things you order for other people for their birthdays. I was like, I want to order that for myself just because it's like, okay, like, I mean, you should do it. I think just in my head, I'm like, I would rather like buy a plant. You know what I mean? Or like, um, like some leggings or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like something that I could keep for longer. It's like whatever works for you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Instead of buying myself flowers, I'll just buy myself (laughs) leggings once a week. I love it. Tips to really go broke. (laughs) That should be the new name of this podcast. Tips for going broke. Oh, gosh. But yeah. Yeah. New business ideas with Sarah. Stay tuned. (laughs) We got to copyright some of our other ideas real quick before they happen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for spending the past hour or so with us. We appreciate it. And if you stuck with us through this whole conversation, we appreciate it. Um, Because we're trying to get back to being really unfiltered with you all and getting to some of those really hard issues. Um, But in the meantime, while you're waiting for a new episode, go check out a little bit of because we have some new collective members, which makes me really excited. So we have we're growing. I'm buckling down. I'm growing the collective. We're going to pop yes. off 2021, yeah. summer 2021. That's when we're going to get big. I'm I'm here for it. Manifesting it. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. join. Too. Definitely. If you want to join, if you have a friend you think would be perfect or just someone you follow who you think would be perfect, send them on over. Um, and same goes for podcast guests. I have a pretty good slate. I think of people I'm going to reach out to, but I like having options. Full circle. I like having options. Literally, we could literally talk to anybody. So, like, talk to brick wall. So, um, probably have. Yeah. Now that Gabby's been gone for a couple weeks, I have started talking to myself and to the walls. I talk to myself, and I live in a house with four other people. Gabby, Gabby, come home, please. I'm going crazy. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong That's with good. that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have two pets and four other people I talk to and I still oh. talk to myself. So like. It's healthy. You're not going insane. Nobody tell us that this it's is healthy. unhealthy. We're going to keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, we're inclusive here. Even if it is unhealthy, it's uh-huh. fine. Uh-huh. If this is the most unhealthy thing we, we do. that. The most unhealthy thing we do is talk to ourselves. I think we're on a good path. <laughs> Okay, it's definitely not the most unhealthy thing I do. I drink three Diet Cokes a day. So, like, I actually haven't. I've been so good. Life update. I didn't drink Diet Coke for a whole oh, week. shit. Oh, I think I just put so proud on our podcast by doing that. <laughs> I think I've successfully not sworn all podcast. Maybe I have. I think I have. I'm not the only one. I think I definitely F-bombed like a few times. <laughs> okay, good to know. Oh. <laughs> One guy really thinks so. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Maybe not though, I don't know. an E on our podcast, just indefinitely. Our yeah. whole podcast. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we are. 
Because we're unfiltered. Yep. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, bye, everybody. Bye. We'll see you soon. <laughs> see you soon.